Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we seize it. started all right here we are it's uh, how we seize it a podcast where we watch read or uh do something and tell you how we seize it right all right today keyword uh, is read read, read. <laughs> yeah keyworded for today is definitely read which is not all are you, are you, trying to, are you making fun of me because i listen to an audiobook oh <laughs> man did you turn that against me no i wasn't i was like, I was like wait a minute was that a dig no starting out with digs already okay no. I read it four years ago. I'm just going to go for it now. No, anyways. <laughs> anyways, starting it off, uh, I'm your host, Noah, and uh, with with me always is my buddy Steve. Oh, Say hi, Steve. Uh, hi, Noah. <laughs> and then tonight we have two guests, uh, a returning guest that we've had for several other things, Miss Renee. Hello. And then a first-time guest for us, Miss Cindy. Hi. Wow, you even got called by your teacher name. <laughs> this is yeah. my wife. Just, yeah, it's yes. yeah, it's it's Steve's wife, Cindy. We've called her that before, and it's Steve's wife, Cindy, not just Steve. <laughs> Cindy. But she's Steve. a teacher, and all her kids call her Cindy. So that was that was kind well, of. I was a... trying to leave last names out. I don't know. No, I, no, I get that. It's get all good. That. Anyhow, <laughs> so yeah, today we're gonna cover our first uh, book. Um, this is a. Uh, Jim uh, Butcher book. It's the first one in his Harry Dresden series, or the Dresden Files. Uh, this was the first one that he released called Stormfront. This book was released in 2000, so 20 years ago, actually. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I realize that. Yeah. I, uh, I can't remember when I read it, but I think it was somewhere around 2005, 2004. Definitely early in the in the release. I think, mm. I think when I read the first one, the fourth one had just come out or fifth one had just come out so and he it was published in 2000 but it took him a while to get it published right didn't he like like write it during a, a class on, yeah. on creative he wrote, writing he wrote this as a joke essentially <laughs> as a joke well <clears throat> yes in a way he wrote it as a um his english his english teacher or writing teacher i don't know if it was an english but maybe a, a writing teacher um, was talking about the different type of books and things like that, and and he was saying, well, you can't have books like that, or you know, the, the teacher was saying this. So, so he wrote this as a like hitting all the points that the teacher said don't make good books to kind of <laughs> either throw it in his face or just kind of see, and and it, he threw it against the wall and it stuck, right? So uh, the interesting thing I so find take that teacher, yeah, not you teacher, but <laughs> no, 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 teacher. it sounds, yeah. totally no, no. sounds like something I would have done, <laughs> right? Uh, well, the interesting thing with it to me is 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 he had things laid into this first book that still show up 16 books later. Like, mm -hmm. so how much did he really put into the world building in that first, like, okay, I'm kind of making this a joke book a little bit, or I'm, I'm using this as this, but how much was he really looking down the line going, you know what, I'm gonna make this a 20 book series. Cause that's what he's always talked about. This, this was supposed to be a 20 book series. Now it's supposed to be like 22, 23. Wow, um, that's ambitious to know from the start you're gonna make a 20 book series. Yeah, well, yeah. well, Jeez. when you read it, you can tell that this isn't the end of it. You know, I've only read the first book, mm -hmm. but I can, I can. One of the things that I think it was really successful in doing was really building that backstory, which is yeah. is so rich. It wasn't just here's a world of here's a private detective uh, in, in a in a supernatural world. Yeah. It's 
he's got a you know with the the whole white council and and a lot of things that have crept up in his he, past he built that, so much into that it. you mm-hmm. uh, you get the sense of that's i think the yep. the biggest draw of reading the next one for me yeah and before we get to that next one until we get too much further into this i want to talk a little bit about us right and a little bit of our background so uh Cindy, what's We're your... not nearly as interesting as a book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you're not throwing spells around or nothing, but... Um, well, maybe you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? So, no, but what I want to know is, like, um, you know, we know this is an urban fantasy book, but is this, you know, is this something that's normally in your wheelhouse, or do you guys normally read different style books? Um, I know me personally, this is kind of, I'm more in the fantasy genre, Um where it started off more the sword and uh, sorcery type, and it kind of drifted more to the urban fantasy um, as I got older, and, and I don't know, I'm not gonna say wiser because I still haven't figured that part out. <laughs> but um, so, do you guys? I mean, you know, is, is this your kind of normal book genre, or is this? It... I don't have a normal book genre. <laughs> I mean, like I read um, my favorite book in the whole world actually is Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. He's probably also my favorite author. But I read, like, three books at a time, usually. This is, like, my fun reading or, like, what I read on the train. And then I have... And uh, same with Harry Potter. I've read that one, that whole series, several times. I love it. But I don't really have, like, a normal... (laughs) A normal read. Yeah. I just read whatever sounds interesting at the time. Cool. Awesome. No, I think that's cool. Definitely, especially the, the classics. I mean, that's something that you don't hear people say often is that's their favorites. And, and they, they that became book classics is hilarious, actually. Like, if you like pay attention as you're... One of the main characters is named Master Bates. This is the best book in the world. <laughs> we know one of those. <laughs> well, we know probably a lot of them, but we call one out uh, by his name. Right. <laughs> Awesome. What about you, Cindy? Uh, I'm definitely a fan of the paranormal books. Mm-hmm. I like the the my favorite are the shapeshifters and the um, All right. uh, the werewolves. vampires and wizards werewolves. and stuff like that. That's that's my favorite. Awesome, cool. So I've reread the Harry Potter series several times. Um, I'm currently rereading the uh, the Dresden Files again because. Because we started it. You, yeah, you you got me to read book one again, and I was like, oh yeah, I like this. So I'm nice. on book eight now. Awesome. <laughs> what about you, Steve? I know this probably isn't your wheelhouse normally. From whatever. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a big Stephen King reader. Um, when I was when I was younger, I read a lot of fantasy uh, books, the uh, genre Narnia, mm-hmm. Tolkien, um, mm-hmm. um, and then. I did that for a while, and then I, I wasn't a big reader when I was a kid. That was all I really read. When I got to college, one of the one of my professors got me really into to more heavy literature. You mentioned Oliver Twist. I was I got really into uh, Dostoevsky, which what you know what I was so I excited about. I say that. What I was so excited about is that I was reading it. and I was actually enjoying it because sometimes you, you read that sort of literature in 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 high school, and it's just a you go oh my god why is this <laughs> being a sign why the hell am i having to read this sort of stuff but then something catches you know catches your attention and you get hooked and i got hooked it was really fascinating crime and punishment another nice. really interesting one that's where i've kind of gone with it. i've gone away from literature well kundera was a big uh, kind of i guess he's more of a sexual philosophy or something like that he's got well that's kind of well unbearable legacy of being was uh, a, 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 a one of his most popular books that was made into a movie too with uh, 
So, well, that, that ties right into you. <laughs> but Dost- some movies. With Dostoevsky, I, so my dad, that's his favorite author too, so he got um, Brothers Karamazov for me one year. Yeah. And it took me two tries to get through the whole thing. But I got through the whole thing, and I thought it was awesome. So then, right. I, then I bought yeah. the idiot. And uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they have great names, right? Yeah. So, well, crime and punishment is very much like a like a uh, crime drama. Uh, uh, it's like a the title doesn't those give are it away. My Columbo style. <laughs> it's it, it's it's really fun. So um, that's what I do a lot of reading now is a lot of crime crime styles. I like I love I love kind of. Mysteries. Well, I, I do drink, uh, read mysteries. I used to read Agatha Christie. Uh, oh, uh, Louise Penny. Oh my gosh, uh, is uh, one I like a current Agatha one Christie. that my mom got me into. <laughs> she she loves sending me the, the Louise Penny mystery mm. books. Um, uh, and um, and British crime, British crime dramas. Really. Nice. Agatha Christie is like the perfect weekend book. Yeah, like you could just spend two days planted in a chair with your book. And no outside world yeah. is the best. See, I feel so bad because I haven't read hardly any of that. I literally, well, so I started off in high school. If, if it wasn't for comic books, I probably wouldn't have read anything, um, including the stuff I was inside and in school, which I found when I look back on it, like when my kids were talking about, oh, yeah, I read that in school because we were assigned it. I'm like, man, I didn't get assigned any of those classics. I don't even know what I read in high school, if we read anything, truthfully. Or did you get assigned <clears throat> it just didn't read it? Uh, I did all four years of English, and I past so I, I it's a good point i don't know i slept through a lot of high school <laughs> renee did you ever read any of the nebukov vladimir nebukov lolita or uh, no okay he's hilarious <laughs> if you like if you like kind of that that heavy literature but just with so much heavy kind of sarcasm yeah. and wordplay he's so <laughs> funny Nice. Lolita's. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we talked a little bit about this, um, and I know, Steve, you, you said something about what made you read this, and I know Cindy had mentioned I, I got her to read the first one. So uh, let's let's just answer that question. Outside of me pushing it on you, what made you guys read this book, or was there anything that drew, drew you to it? Well, I'm... I mean, I know I was... I think realistically, that is, the, <laughs> that is the reason. Um, read this, read this, read this. Uh, <laughs> You know, I and I actually had it available. It was just this last year that that uh, um, I transferred Cindy's library of books from her Nook to the new Kindle I bought her. Uh, she had over a thousand books and didn't want to. Nook is the Barnes and Noble uh, e-reader, and uh, he keeps warning me they're going to go out of business. Well, so my books are all going to disappear. So, so I got her a Kindle <laughs> with the with, and I transferred all over a thousand of her, of her books from a, one format to another so and uploaded them to the to the Amazon cloud so that because that's that's something you don't want you don't want to lose access to all those that's all right. those books and and she had a whole bunch of them so yeah. I just I just grabbed a whole bunch of that them. Makes so, sense. so that kind of helped and uh, and you know I, I like fantasies and I like crime dramas and this kind of fits into that you're right so. it does that that is one of the things it is the urban fantasy and it does get into the noir is that the right way to say noir, it? noir. noir. Yeah. which is funny like I've heard that word and, and I never put the two together and then someone I was reading something else about another review of this and someone was like oh yeah it's a noir and all that and I was like oh that's what that is okay <laughs> interesting um, noir yeah. is kind of a you know they, they talk about film noir the old black and right, white right. kind of kind of um, what's dark, the detective dark lighting and, yeah. and a con- lot of high heavy contrast but noir itself is more uh, kind of more of a cynicism and a, a, a moral ambiguity that that's more 
kind of what that yeah. represents. Which well, in this book, and that's what a lot of people talk about. Yeah, they talk about this being more of that. I guess that's the first two, three, maybe that are in that style, and mm-hmm. then it kind of shifts more just pure urban fantasy. It's more lighter, not as dark. Uh, well, I didn't find no, not necessarily okay. lighter, just more fantasy driven. Where this one, he really, you really get the detective side of it more. Okay, um, than you do later ones where he really gets into the magic and, and, and the, the outer worlds and the, the fairies and all the other mm-hmm. beings and all that. So yeah, I, I thought that was a good draw to this. I thought it was a, it was a good way to introduce him because it's not a, it's not a, like an origin story for him, um, but it is a good way to kind of step into his world. It's a good introduction. Exactly. Yeah. Without being like, oh, hey, this is how he grew up and, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, in that very first... First see, I think he's in his in his office, office. <laughs> and he's you know looking at the bills, can't pay the bills, and yeah. he gets the call. It's it's very you know typical, you know, yeah. and so maybe that is kind of the a safe de- way of detective of, of walking into what you think is just a simple detective yeah. novel. And, well, they they and, talk yeah. about you know looking at his door, and you know every uh, detective show or movie they always start with the you know the the mm-hmm. screenshot of the door, like so and so detective, whatever. And, that's kind of how they start this one. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and they show the office, and he always describes his counter that's covered with the pamphlets that he's written himself about um, what what is it, what does it mean to be a wizard? Right. Or, uh, he's always got uh, pithy titles on his on his pamphlets. So it's funny right. when he describes it. Well, and he, he talks about uh, the mailman, kind of laughing at him, like, "Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do?" birthday parties is like no no birthday parties <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of right yeah. off the top he's yeah. like he's like no I'm a real wizard which is you know one of the things he and he says this it's almost at least half the books he opens it up talking about yeah I'm Harry Dresden uh, find me in the yellow pages under wizards you know the only one the only of, professional wizard in yeah. Chicago yeah. yeah I think in the world it right. starts off in the world then, right. then someone else uh, later on in one of the books also becomes a professional wizard in the yellow pages so, but that's a spoiler. Oh, but it's like it's like eight <laughs> oh, no. or nine books down, maybe even. Real. I'll forget by then. Yeah, <laughs> if you get there, you're like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Um, so, okay, cool. Well, we talked a little bit about uh, our favorite books and series and stuff like that. Well, we got some from Renee, um, Cindy. What about you? Other than oh, other series that yeah. I like, I really like the In Death series by J.D. Robb. Um, and one. she's um, it's it's a, it's a, a crime. But it's set in the future, so like her oh. police car flies and nice, and they've got tasers. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's a whole different world of how they solve things. You know, That's like cool. Guns are archaic, and <laughs> yeah, they've got all all different kinds of ways that they deal with things. And and then of course she ends up she falls in love with a criminal. No. And he's got the biggest <laughs> gun collection in the world, kind of thing. So it's it's, it's an interesting. I like the the dichotomy of, of their relationship. It's really cool. Um, and I like the um, Carrie Arthur, um, what's hers, the Riley Jensen Guardian series. I really like that one too. So you mentioned uh, J.K. Rawlings in the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. that you recently read, and I just want to point out uh, J.K. Rawlings also writes under another another name, Robert Galbraith. Um, a series, a, a, a detective series that this very much reminded me oh, of. Oh, really? The the Cormoran Strike. It's a it's a it's a Brit- British crime drama. Um, there, so it's not weird. supernatural, but but besides that, it still has your your lead. I don't think it's written in the first person e- either. I think it's uh, actually 
third person, but but still, uh, you get a uh, you you still get that same um, same style of 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 a a detective, you know, kind of gruff and, and yeah. uh, <laughs> unkempt and um, and it's 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 really it's really a good series. I think she's written three books so far. Oh, um, that's cool. She tried to sneak it in under the radar uh, and so publish hard. it. <laughs> well, she couldn't get it published. Under her real um, name? Under no, under the fake name. She oh. had to. Oh, uh, she had to, to kind of like pull her. Uh, pull this her, is my cousin. <laughs> pull her uh, J.K. Rowling's card and say it's really me. And that's funny. Uh, so, <laughs> she played the Harry Potter card. Yes. I forgot that the, the uh, J.D. Robb is a, a pen name for Nora Roberts. She oh. couldn't. She couldn't get her series published either under her un, oh. under a female name. So, so that's, she had to. She did J.D. Robb. It's her name nice. for the, her as the author of that series. So we heard about your classic, like, well, what what other or, or what is your favorite series outside of I, I guess. Oh gosh, well, so probably Harry Potter. I've, I mean, you lose yeah. yourself in Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and I've read it so many times. It's magical. It really <laughs> is magical. Do you find you? Know, you look at this, the size of the books, and the first one is, is such a small book compared to, they get, seem to get bigger and bigger, especially by book four. It's just, and, and but it, it seems like that's uh, an evolution of her writing style, yeah. too. The first one comes across as more like a children's book. It definitely, and yeah. And then it becomes just something much mm-hmm. more uh, I 100% agreed on that, and, and I think, well, so I didn't read the first book until I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. And, I was uh, the same. I saw all the movies a million times, and then I was like, well, now I just have questions, <laughs> so I better read those books to answer the You got through all the movies. That's pretty good. I literally saw the, the, mov- the first movie in the theater and left the theater and went to the bookstore. <laughs> Nice. And bought the first two books, mm. and um, I'm not a fast reader, um, but I finished the first book like in a day, like a day mm-hmm. and a half at the most. Which some kids are like, "Dude, I finished that in like an hour." What, what he said, yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, "No, that's fast for me." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "But uh, so yeah, for me, I that was, but it was the movie that really got me interested into it. You know, the 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 theme song, right? The yeah. that magical tune that they play at the very Williams. beginning. John Williams, yeah. That alone, like. You know, I've heard that in other little things. I'm like, oh, some magic's going on, <laughs> and I get all excited because I mean, it, it has that big of a, a draw that even when I'm reading it or you hear it, I right? do, yeah, I, I'm just or even seeing something, it's like it plays in the background. I got a pair of Harry Potter socks that I really like, and every time I look at them in my sock drawer, that little music goes off <laughs> in my head. I'm like, ah, oh, that's funny. It's always interesting because my students, the the parents, like to read the books out loud to their children, which is which is great. This is a great series, but sometimes it's hard to explain because they're like, you know, what what is age appropriate for oh, the kids? Right. Because when when the series was coming out, you had to wait a year before you got to read the next book. So when right. it first came out, those kids were growing with it. So as as they went along, the book was still age appropriate. Mm-hmm. So they're remembering, oh well, I just read them as, yeah, as they came out, and now yeah. they're reading them to their kids, and they're like, like oh, oh wait. wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> this right. isn't really appropriate because you end one and you start the other. So yeah, but. I mean, but there are great reads. Yeah, I mean that that's also um, so one of I, I have a couple other series that I like, and one of them uh, that to me I think you you might like Cindy, and I think you might have read them is the Mercy Thompson series. Um, by Patricia Briggs, and it's uh, she's a shapeshifter. Um, she's a, a skinwalker, and so she can shapeshift into a coyote. 
Oh, cool. And then she's also a mechanic and things like that. And the, the gist of the story is it's a, it's another world where magical beings are kind of out, but not completely. And uh, so she, she ends up having this love-hate relationship with a pack of werewolves in the beginning. Um, and then uh, it just, it's one of those ones that, I, I love werewolves and the whole, and especially good werewolf stories. So that's one that I've always gotten into. And it's, it kind of is very much like the Dresden series in the world that they're in, in a way, but it's, it's flip. It's, it's a female um, protagonist written by a female too. So it has a little bit of a, a shift to it, but I enjoy that one a lot. Just mostly because there's werewolves. <laughs> I love werewolves. So this isn't a book and a little off topic, but did you see the series or the show by, I think it's just an Amazon Prime show, Carnival Row? Uh, that's the oh, one with uh, Orlando so Bloom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he's in the, in the, the fairies and the... Yeah. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, I think you talked about that yeah, in our I did Amazon watch. Prime. I'm like, oh, is that the one? Because there's <laughs> another one on there that's different, but I was thinking about... But yeah, that's, that's a really good series. Yeah. I was wondering, I think when that first came out, I actually looked to see if it was based on a book. Because a lot of times you're like, oh, this is a great show. If this is based on a book, it's going to be a better book. It's yeah. not based on a book. Right. So. And they haven't come out with a season two. No, I know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Different. a great one. Yeah. I, do like, I really do like that series, too. Um, I think I've watched it twice, at least. There's a few series on TV that I'll, I'll watch. Uh, which brings us to our next thing. And, and since we normally do this in the beginning... Um, but Steve, Steve uh, kind of reminded me, we're going to go into our what are we drinking while we talk about this because we don't do a podcast without drinking because why? Right. And uh, so I know what I'm drinking and it is, uh, um, it's a homebrew and this was based off of one of the main character, not a main character, a main side character in there, um, um, McNally. Um, he uh, owns a pub, and he's always talking about his homebrew, and Dresden is always saying it's the best homebrew ever, and you know that's what he sells. And uh, so, I'm drinking a homebrew. I'm happy to be drinking uh, one of our friend Jeremy and Renee's um, homebrew from I guess two weeks, three weeks ago. Is it the blind pig? Oh, uh, I think it's been in the keg less than a week. Yeah. So this is uh, the blind pig, which is based off of Russian River. Russian River mm-hmm. uh, blind pig. Single IPA. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is perfect because it, it really fits into a a basic homebrew, uh, and and he always talks about he's, he's his homebrew is dark. McNally's dark and stuff yeah. like that. And this Ours has a not, darker color it's for a an IPA, yeah. but it has a really it has a really strong flavor. So that's what I'm drinking. And I'll throw it off to Steve because Steve has a drink too. <laughs> I, I'm kind of I kind of went with the same theme. We didn't know what we were drinking when we showed up, but we kind of had the same idea. I I also got a uh, an ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Scottish ale, which I guess uh, which works because there's a there's a. Yeah. Uh, a thought that he might be either Scottish or Irish. Yeah, so, I wonder why. With a name like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe the, at the beginning of his name. I don't know. Um, I think but, they're the only ones that do that. But, but what what's a little different? And this is something that in in Stormfront that when he's pouring it, it's introduced that that uh, Mac uh, pours his ales warm. Right. And so I pulled a couple of my own home brews out of the out of the garage before I cool them. So this is the first time I've actually had one of these warm. warm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's and it's actually pretty tasty. I kind of like it. Warm. I know apparently right? Dresden is not a fan of not warm or at least don't tell Mac. Yeah. He drinks, <laughs> right. drinks it cold. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but I, I in works. Ireland they talk about 
pouring them at room temperature, and I've heard in England places like that too. Certain, not all of them, but certain beers. You are um, right. In fact, when, when like we went Guinness, to isn't that when we went normally... to the UK, I they had a separate tap. Yeah, if you if you wanted a Guinness cold, you had to ask for it that way. Right. Um, oh. Yeah. The last time I was there, I got cold. Well, I drank mostly Murphy's because I know that's like the old man stout, mm-hmm. but apparently I'm an old man at heart. So, <laughs> an old man with like a junior high boy's sense of humor. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, they all came cold. Is it? That's Perfect. It. Yeah. So, uh, Renee. Um, I'm drinking the same thing as you. Right. <laughs> I, I knew that. I just wanted to let you The see. blind pig homebrew. Yeah. yeah. And we have Your other homebrews home to help. Our homebrew, yeah. <laughs> we have other homebrews if, uh, if we run out. So um, we have plenty of those. And then we'll throw it off to Cindy because Cindy has a special one. I have a special one. So Dresden is always talking about how he goes to his icebox and he describes it as a real icebox yep. that's cold with actual real ice. <laughs> and he talks about how um, he, he always cracks open a coke yep so i'm cracking open a coke <laughs> which i i found really interesting because in this book he talks about drinking the coke and it, i think he even says it's his last coke mm-hmm. but he has to divvy it out between him and his cat yep. <laughs> yep. and i started thinking about that i'm like who has their cat drink coke yep now i love mister as is as, as a people character. who don't like sleep <clears throat> Right, like Mister, like so, thirty pound cat. Yeah, yeah. thirty pound gray cat with no tail. I mean, that's right up my alley. I love that, um, especially that he knows he's the boss. Like, so right. Mister is one of my right. favorite characters um, of all um, in in the whole series. Like, I want I want a book from Mister's perspective. Well, hasn't right. he done? Hasn't Jim Butcher done some spinoffs? Not, not from Mister. No, I know, but from spin-offs. oh yeah, he's, he's, characters, yeah. So. Um, yes, he's hit most of the main characters uh, like Murphy. There's and there's a lot of characters that he that aren't main characters that aren't in this book yet. Like Murphy, I think is one of the only that they really. They also introduce Bob. Bob mm-hmm. is the air spirit. Yeah, um, which that sometimes he hangs goes out with Murphy or hangs out in Mister's. Yeah, he goes out on on t- uh, rides. He he takes over Mister. Yeah. and goes out on rides. Yeah. and that's the story I want. <laughs> I want the story they talk about in this book. Sydney was telling me about this because they don't talk about that in Stormfront. Right. Uh, so well, they do yeah. because he mentions little, it. He's like bit. your last your last trip out. He's like, oh yeah, the fraternity house. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm yeah. still trying to figure. You know, that's the story I want. I go, what the hell got Bob in so much trouble with a cat in a fraternity house? That's what I want to know. They got close to that though with the side book about Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. That, that had the frat house and yeah. the, the dorms. Yeah, they, he goes into some really great. Um, there's there's at least two books that are just short stories, and then there's a couple others that. Um, and this is kind of uh, where I got introduced to some of the other books is like it's it's short stories from a series like this and the Mercy Thompson and, and some others where they'll a bunch of different authors will put books into into one book and it's all kind of like urban urban um, fantasy or, or, or similar styles and so you get uh, small snippets of what the their series might be like and so he did several books like that and then took them and put them all into his own so he actually has two full books of 14 different short stories so yeah if you if you, if you read the series and haven't read those you you're missing out on quite a bit and so and and um you could actually read those without giving away too many spoilers if you haven't gotten you know into like book 15 i have not yeah <laughs> not <laughs> well, that far yet book 16 just came out two months ago 
Mm. Book seventeen is coming out this month. Oh, geez. So this is after oh, like a three or four year delay. Yeah, they had a yeah they had a long delay where he was writing this. Uh, Peace talks was the last one that just came out, and um, yeah, it took him like three years to get it out. And the weird thing is, is Peace Talk is like half a book, and the next one after that is uh, Battleground. And the two of them were supposed to be a one book, but he was apparently having trouble getting them published together. So I can't remember. I don't know the whole reason why, but. So he released them about, it's about a month and two months apart kind of thing. And so it's definitely, you read Peace Talks and you're like, this is not a full story. What, what the hell are you doing? And it makes you like, okay, this other one better come out quick because I've got questions. <laughs> and um, so that's a big, uh, a big to do with all the, the Dresden f- fans right now. And uh, I just, I just got into Reddit not too long ago and there's a, there's a group there and I've been trying to read stuff through there and that there's whole just hundred reposts of, of just all just from that last book and and it's all over the board about how people are pissed off because it was two books and then how people are like oh it's the best book yet which i didn't think it was <laughs> personally but yeah we're not there yet we're, we're still talking about stormfront <laughs> we're still on book one yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fine though because Let's this is back. this is this is the beginning of it and this is what um it sucks because in, in uh this is the one that's supposed to hook people um, and it's probably, you know, out of the 16 books that are released, it's probably in the bottom three. Which is sad because, you know, it's it's the one that's going to be to hook people. But, like, usually when I give these, you know, and I bought a separate set of books just to loan people to get them to read it. Um, when I give them to people, I say, okay, I give them the first three. And I'm like, okay, you have to read all three. Because if you read the first one, like you did... It's it's not always enough to really like okay I want to read everything else. By the time you get to the third one, you've gotten every bit of it that's like okay I'm hooked. I got to know what's going on. What's the next step? And then, which is sad too because then the fourth one is just a tiny bit let down and then it bumps up and then once you hit five, it's it's a sprint to the end. Like you're literally like I, okay, it's a sprint I, to number seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it is and it. It's it's weird that it's that way, but yeah, once you get into book five, it's it's phenomenal, and I, I and agree. Book, well, sorry, go ahead. Well, just since I've only read the first one, I, I agree that that it's not a grabber. I mean, right? I, I to me the the biggest grab is is the backstory, is all the the kind of the mystery of what happened before before this that he hints at, and he's got the the the, the warden that's that's following him around, right. and that kind of hints at some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I really mm-hmm. want to find out more about that. The story itself was, I, I and I liked uh, his description of, of the city and kind of the magic, and and mm-hmm. I, you know what? One thing I really was really kind of refreshing was it, it's it's just a simple thing about how magic interferes with electronics mm-hmm. right so you can't keep mm-hmm. electronics around right and it's like my god our world has become so dependent on electronics mm-hmm. it's nice to go into a world where they just cannot deal yeah. with that and and so i found that refreshing not from i, I think just from a personal point of view yeah, yeah. Like, no that's a huge part of the story and he, yeah. he touches on this quite a bit in a lot of different things where he yeah. he talks about like not being able to use a phone, like not being able to use a cell phone, not trusting an elevator. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that, I mean, that came into <laughs> yeah. big time in this yep. one, yeah. where um, you know, squish a bug. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, but that that plays out in so many different parts of, of the next books and in the world and stuff like that. He, you know, he talks about his car, where he has to uh-huh. have yeah. a pre World War II car, you know, to keep it up and running, and you know, he's yeah. got his 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 Beetle, which I always find interesting because. I'm not 
The blue beetle. Yeah, the blue beetle. <laughs> well, yeah, but it doesn't have different colored doors. Yeah, it's not blue at all. Yeah. And it, the different it, color hood. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's not uh, blue at all. <laughs> that car goes through more shit um, <laughs> in so many series. It, in this series, it's ridiculous. But this is one of the things I just don't understand about it. I, I this is one where I have to put on my okay. I got to believe hat because I think it's bullshit. Um, he's supposed to be six nine. Okay, <laughs> I'm really? not. I'm not even six foot, and I don't fit well in a bug. Yeah. There is no fucking way unless he's sitting in the trunk or the, the back seat that he's fitting in that car. It just well, maybe they move the seats back. I don't know. Maybe that is I, even with that though. The height of them are not those yeah. are not made for people over five nine. From waist to to yeah top of your head. Did, now they made gonna... a series out of this, a Canadian series or something uh, like that. It, uh, I think it was just a regular one. It it made a it's a one one season. Um, Oh, I, I caught a little bit of it on YouTube. I've got, I've got the, the DVDs if it you want to watch really it. really poor, yeah. poor production value. I was just like, oh my God. This um, is the- I don't know if the production value, I think it was... It, I just saw a scene And it something. deviates from the book Does it, so a bad. lot. And I guess yeah. they didn't have a 6'7 no, actor. No. Okay, so they didn't have to No, and Murphy was, was, was a brunette. I was wondering if they actually and it was like, what? created a, a no. So yeah, well, we have the two women. So the, the, the show was based, the pilot was based on Stormfront, which it, they should have done the season on Stormfront. Right, they could have done little things here and there. Two main characters that they really needed to deal with were the two women, Murphy and Susan. Mm-hmm. And in the show, they completely swapped their looks. Mm-hmm. Murphy's this like tall brunette, and Susan mm-hmm. was a short blonde. Is like, did they not read the book? <laughs> <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> that's true. I was, I was looking at him on my notes. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. And he drove a jeep. It was like okay, and I get it. And had a hockey stick. So they, oh, well, yeah. that's how they solved the hawk, the height problem. They put him in a jeep. Yeah, and then, well, but okay, <laughs> I, it's just. But it was the Blue Beetle was such an important mm-hmm. part of the story that it's like you, you well, put the him in series. A, yeah, the it's series. The, the, the Beetle series. is. The Beetle yeah. is so important that Mike the mechanic gets a a <laughs> nod every <laughs> single book. That's like so. if if Ron picked up Harry in a. Uh, in a in a, uh, in a motorcycle in in the second uh, Harry Potter movie in the instead book instead of the enchanted car instead of the enchanted car yeah. yeah. so it'd be different right, right. it would be a little yeah. different yeah. so yeah the TV show was was I don't want to call it total crap but reading from the books like if you had never watched or never read the books and watched the series you'd be like it's not horrible but it's not great Going from reading to watching it, you're like, oh my god, this is like going to the dentist and, and not giving it any Novocaine. This is hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was, it was you bad. just end up picking out all the things that aren't right. Yeah, yeah, like he had the hockey stick instead of his staff, which I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm a hockey fan, so I was like, oh, but... Okay, let's talk about this for a moment, because one of my favorite adaptations of, in the Harry Potter movies, my, my favorite movie is probably one that veers from the storytelling, and that's the third one, the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's my favorite. I think it's a great book, mm-hmm. but the movie is such... It's its its, its own movie. It really captured yeah. a, a cinematic quality that some of the other movies just don't... I mean, the other movies, some like those first two, are really loyal to the material, and... And but that third movie is just captures an energy, even though they deviate from some of the some of the some of the plot. I don't mind that if if they're if they really are capturing its well, own I think energy. That there's a lot that that happened. To That's that how thing. I see it. That, <laughs> right. Well, you know, sticking with that though, and, and I agree with you. That is one of my favorite books, also. 
um, and the movie. Well, I, I was talking about the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do. I, I well, the book the itself book. was. The, I, I, I agree. It's a great I think the books book, are always better than the movies. Always, on, on yeah. The, yes. But the biggest thing, and, I, and I, I went in to read this because that was such a change, and, and uh, it had to do with the director change. They they went to a whole new director. Mm-hmm. who had a whole new. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole thing. I mean, they had to change out Dumbledore. Because he, yeah, but then oh, well, they, they, that's that's its own thing, yeah. And I but I, well, that I was the director. I, I part of the the director was like, oh yeah, let's go this way with it. And it's like, uh, that was the worst way to go. And he did get with a lot of other stuff in there. And, I get you there. I get and, I get you there. I, it was a and I believe a radical that was the shift. only one he directed. And I think there's a reason. Mm. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I have to say though, I loved the Prisoner of Azkaban so much before I read the books. Actually, I loved it so much though that I had to replace my Blu-ray because I wore it out. That's oh wow. You, I, <laughs> that's I, I've never heard of a Blu-ray wearing out. I mean, I, I remember VHS is wearing out, but it, that's because it yeah. actually had physical contact. <laughs> and you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High comes to mind. Can you uh, use toothpaste, <laughs> can you use toothpaste on Blu-ray? I don't you could use it on DVDs. If DVDs got scratched up, you can use some toothpaste. I think you well, can. It's not, it wasn't scratched. I looked for the scratches. It's oh, not scratched. It's just, it, just, it only had so many plays. So somehow, know. Warner Brothers figured out, like, okay, this <laughs> this disc only has 100 plays. And once it does that, it self-destructs. <laughs> maybe. Right? Maybe it's that. But I've had to replace it. But you're Mission the only impossible. one who's figured that out. <laughs> well, yeah. that was streaming now that you, you can get into to further into that. Um. So uh, one of the things I want to know is is what in this story, in the, in the Stormfront story, uh, stood out to you most? Like what was the most, uh, made you kind of like sit back and think, or what was the most uh, dynamic part of the story to you? Um, I, I know for me just recently, um, I was listening to the audiobooks again today, and it was when he first realized the, the thunderstorms was mm-hmm. what was causing what what was allowing um him to power up and it was it wasn't actually that part but it was the the part of the storm rolling in mm. and the way he described it and, mm. and it was very powerful to me and it reminded me a lot of my childhood watching storms roll in over fields in sacramento and i was like oh but it just the the lightning and the thunder and the way he described all that that was one of the ones that stood out to me um just as a kind of like oh that's really cool mm-hmm. i like that so, yeah I I was I remember the scene with uh, the fairy toot 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 toot. <laughs> He's so close. It, <laughs> and it it really kind of threw me for a loop when I was reading because it suddenly changed the tone and it got me excited uh, that that it could it could shift so effectively and it it it, it really uh, added to the world building for me and it, it it made me think that this this could this could really um, be, because some I think up until that that point. A lot of it was predictable. Right. It was like, okay, this is pretty typical, 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 and that it was such a, a, a jarring character change, a, 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 a rhythm to the character. It was, it was, it was fun, and uh, and so I think that's where I would I would say got my the biggest attention right. from me in in the book. Yeah, I think I mostly just like the way he's a regular guy. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like he's relatable, even though he, there's this whole other world that he's a part <laughs> of that I could only wish I was a part of. But it, so the fact that he's just like a regular guy, and even though it's a different set of circumstances, he still has regular guy problems, and <laughs> like like you Laundry. said, with the, the paying the bills and stuff. But at the, the same bills. time, like he's also he's got like this person who's always hounding him, Morgan. It's, yeah, so right. somebody who's always like 
right around the corner and it won't cut him any slack. You can't get a break. And, mm-hmm. um, and I love like crime mysteries with the Agatha Christie, but I also like like John Grisham and other yeah. others as well. So like the whole, for a second, I'm going to take a little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We do that. With, when I read books, I sometimes change some of the details to what I like better. <laughs> I love it. So, Wait, do explain. So based on the spelling of the name, Murphy's first name to me is Karin. So when I read the book, I read it as Karin because that's how it's spelled in the book. Later, when we get to Mouse, he does not look like Mouse in the book. But anyway, um, so with their relationship too, it's it's like the back and forth, like you would right. see in a crime drama most of the time. So that's I think what like did it for me mostly because I do like fantasy and that whole thing but at the same time it can be a little like over the top drama like just working too hard to make it dark right it's funny that you say that the, that you changed the names and stuff so one of the uh, because I've listened to the audiobooks multiple times um, I do that too they, uh, nice. I do it too because I can't read all the words <laughs> um, we always pronounce it Hermione yeah to the kids when we were reading the, the kids the book the Harry Potter books before the movies came out um, Hermione I don't so, remember that, but uh, sure. John, John Marcone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in, I think it's in the... I can't remember if it's in the first books or second, down the line. It's my my brother-in-law's wife's last name was uh, Marconi. Mm-hmm. With the I at the end. And they said, they said the Marconi where it's spelled the same, but they start say Marcone. Yeah. So when I first read it, I read it as Marconi. But then listening to the audiobooks, he says Marcone. Yeah. After the first... Audiobook. He changed it. He he goes. He calls it Marconi. Think of the first two, and then the third on. It's Marcone, which is really interesting. So it's like one of those. It's like oh. okay. So which is it? <laughs> but I've I had always said Marconi, yeah. and then after listening to him enough times that even now when I see it written, I now say Marcone. So I now mispronounce my uh, sister in law. My sister in law's oh, last no, name when I see it spelled out. I'm like it's Marcone. Oh no, it's not. It's Marconi. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it's interesting how you, you put the little spin on it yourself. Um, yeah. And Cindy, so what about you? What My my favorite, like you, um, Renee said about the chaos, um, how there's, there, there's always, I, I like in the books, there's always at least three plots going on. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta try to keep track of what the heck's going on. But um, it, when he had Bob help him make all the potions and i love bob bob is yeah. one of my favorite characters but bob helps him make the potions and then the um and then he's got the whole thing where he's got a date with susan and he right. keeps forgetting about his date and then she shows up and he's and you know the chaos ensues and he ends up sending her down into the basement <laughs> and she drinks the she's supposed potion. to yeah she's supposed to drink the potion that it helps her escape, but instead she drinks the love potion, and Bob is screaming. She's trying to tell Harry that she's drinking the wrong one, and he's he keeps shushing Bob. <laughs> and then they end up in he he makes the circle of protection or the, right <laughs> the circle, and he and she are in the circle, and she's just taking the love potion. So she's yeah. trying to rip his clothes off <laughs> and get him on the ground, but they're in this three foot circle, and they have to stay standing. So he's trying to he's trying to hold her off and hold her up and and not break the circle because the monster's coming. And it was just I, 
I, lo- I loved it. Which is funny because at the same time, Bob's like rooting her on. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, get him down. Like, Bob is such a pervert. It's, he is. It's he funny. is. It's so funny. Well, I love about Bob too. It, 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 you see it when um, when he's doing the potion building. Is like one of the ingredients for the love potion was uh, the crushed diamonds or diamond dust. Right. And he's like, well, I don't have that. And he's like, of course you don't. <laughs> right. He's like, just shred up a 50. And, you know, he's like, he, he's... The constant smartass. Yes. And and um, but he's also, in a way, Harry's best friend, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is really cool. And and so, yeah, Bob is is one of the coolest characters in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, outside, I think of Mouse. Mouse is actually my favorite. Um, has been introduced. No, Mouse has not been introduced. Later. You don't know Mouse yet. I don't know Mouse yet. <laughs> oh, but when you know Mouse. <sighs> Mouse Mouse comes in book six. Yeah. Renee, to your point about about uh, him being. A regular guy. You, something Cindy and I were talking about. She, she, I don't know if this was in this book or just in some of the other books, talking about how he, you sometimes get in in uh, Harry's mind, and and because it's all written in the first person from his point of view, and and he'll he'll over analyze the situation and come up with <laughs> always a a decision on which way he's going to go, and then the very next line is is contradictory to, to whatever that decision was. Like like if he's getting into a conversation with someone and something comes up and he's got to go one direction and he figures it all out, oh, i got to go this direction, and then he says, screw you, I'm not going that direction, you know, that's that's what comes out. And, and it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a bad guy trying to say, you know, just just do this. And, and <laughs> in, in his mind, you know, and it's the wrong thing, but in his mind he logics it out and he's like, Okay, well, yeah, that would be better. Okay, and you're you're thinking, oh my God, is he gonna do it? And he's like, okay, yeah, that would be better. And he's going through all the different steps and explaining to himself why that would be better. And then immediately the dialogue is, hell no, I'm not doing that. And you're like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that that really kind of amplifies that that regular personness of, yeah. of it. And that one of the reasons I like Stephen King, uh, his writing is because he gets so into the mind of the person. You know, he, he comes up with all sorts of crazy super natural stuff but right. but it's his it's his character writing that really has always connected me with his writing because because you get you know, realism uh, when you when, oh, yeah, when you throw kind of uh, crazy situations at real people and and it's nice to see how they think and I and that seems like a logical way of thinking your your mind is saying yeah that makes sense this makes sense fuck you you know what the <laughs> hell? you know and, and totally and totally go in a different direction well, and and, and it, it happens to him in this book and, and throughout the series. What what would be the easiest solution? Never is what he yeah. can. It, it, it's like it, whatever can go wrong goes wrong, kind of thing. It's yeah. good for the reader to hear that other side, though, because sometimes you're reading something and, you, and you're screaming at the character, "What the hell? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do this? This was the obvious solution." Yeah. And when when you read the character actually go through that whole scenario and then go a different direction you can say okay you know at least you know that they were obviously understanding the same thing I was understanding and they still chose to go the other direction so then it becomes something a little bit more uh, well he's fully uh, full more of a fully based in a in a good guy mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. right he's always trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. no you know that that's he he sticks to that that's, that's what his gravestone says Harry <laughs> die doing the right thing right Right. um and so and and that's what gets him in a lot of trouble is is he he won't give in to 
you know, whatever, whatever is the bad side. Um, and he won't let innocence, you know, mm-hmm. be taken from people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Especially women. Yeah. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that, okay, here we go. Big question. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is why I'm, I'm happy you guys are here mostly because, so another big argument or back and forth is, um, is is Harry a sexist? Is it really misogynist? Is he, is he really a chauvinistic pig? Yeah. Well, I, but not only that, but and they talk about Jim Butcher in his writing is like, it, you know, he describes women, you know, very distinctly, you know, a, a lot of boobs and you know, are, are cleavage. There's not a lot of nudity. I don't think in any of them um, directly. Uh, but you know, there's that's always been one of the big arguments. Is is you know. I don't even know how to who who to argue <laughs> what side, but um, that's always been one of the things is is that you know is he a chauvinist is it you know and all that and and stuff like that. And I want to get your guys' take on it because when I read it, I don't see it. Like, but I'm a guy, so maybe I'm blind <laughs> to it. Or yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I wanted to get your guys' take on it and Steve's take on it because he's a guy too, but he, he's a different kind of guy than I am. <laughs> Do you want me to start? I, However, well, you, I mean, well, whoever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Go for yeah, it. I'll, I'll just say that when I was reading it, I got a sense that Harry Dresden was not, but I saw some of the early descriptions of some of the, like, uh, uh, who's the, which is the cop? The cop is Murphy. Uh, Murphy. Murphy. It just seemed like the the way that Jim Butcher decided to 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 um, describe describe. Her was more looks and 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 it, it 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 just it did come across a little bit that way. Okay, um, go ahead. I got I, it, I got some rebuttals. It seemed, so. it seemed more like uh, innocent early writing though, and so I wasn't willing to make a, a judgment on the whole series. So remember though, this is all coming from Dresden's perspective, That's right? Fair. And he definitely is attracted to Murphy. Right, so when he describes her, he—I don't think he describes her in a way that is is uh, overly sexist or anything. I think he describes her in a way someone might be describing to their best friend, like, "Hey, I met this chick. She's really cute. This is what she looks like." <laughs> right? Um, I thought, and I thought he did a really good job. Also, I mean, before he even talked about her physical looks, he talked about what a badass she was. Mm-hmm. Right? Her Aikido trophies and and she's a no nonsense cop and how she doesn't take shit from nobody. And he did that with, with specifically Murphy, right. where, and then <laughs> this is kind of a bad book to do it off of because the other ones he's describing are both call girls and a vampress who are trying to throw it in his face. So. Um, but in general, I, I just wanted to know what people thought of it because yes. when I read it, I didn't see it or heard it or listened to it. I didn't hear it. But reading all these other things, I'm like, what am I missing? Am, well, am I just blind to this? I or? will say a lot of the male characters were also very, you know, masculine. The the the, the Marcone, Marconi, I don't know. Which Marcone. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's rude to everybody. It's Marcone. It's but whatever I, you but want I mean, it to be. To me, a lot of the Could characters in this particular <laughs> book, uh, at least the, the real characters, uh, mm-hmm. are a little two-dimensional. And so... So the women are, are portrayed as a little mm-hmm. bit more two-dimensionally, and therefore it comes across a little bit more sexist, you might say. Um, but the men come across as, you know, overly macho. And maybe well, but I mean... Sick. The, the characters that are the, the best, though, are the supernatural ones. Yeah. The one, you know... The, well, Marcone is described uh, as a very handsome, you know, older gentleman with 
you know, eyes the color of old money and, you know, mm-hmm. like very handsome type guy. And so mm-hmm. I thought he described him as much physically as he did the women. But you're using money and looks and masculinity as part of that description. And those are just kind of typical. So so I, th- I think if, if you look at the description of the women, it might be kind of typical too. And so I don't think the intent was was you know chauvinistic necessarily but it did come across a little bit that way because it was a little bit more early writing you know not as not as in depth he doesn't get much better he does the same to the rest <laughs> okay well now, now but that's i think that's why i think that's why a lot of people guys... say that and that's and and so well, now we'll get the women's take <laughs> i think so for me this the sexist isn't like the description of murphy i thought was awesome because he does make a bigger deal about how good she is at her job and how dedicated she is and how she can take care of herself and even though she's only this tall and <laughs> whatever. So I thought that was actually really cool but I saw the sexism actually when he describes Susan because she's the like not quite empty headed but not not like Murphy and mm-hmm. she's the like excessively flirtatious and mm-hmm. has that like that's her way of getting what she wants and I don't know. I thought for me that was like not my favorite, but and and it stays the same way. I think until later when she makes a transformation, but <laughs> um, and then I actually like her a little bit better. Right. But at least the earlier books, I don't like the description of Susan because I feel like that's a little bit too. <laughs> I didn't notice anything <laughs> with like the over overtly macho like whatever right. with the guys that wasn't something that I picked up on but probably because I'm not that sensitive to it okay I, I liked how he always owns it you know, mm-hmm. he's, he, he describes he describes Murphy and he does he, he does he, he begins by describing all of her accomplishments and her badassness but then he always throws in a comment like dare I say cute yeah <laughs> you know and and he knows it and he always he always says something so I don't mind it as much just because he owns it right. he says he says I am an old-fashioned guy and people call me sexist and chauvinistic but I believe in opening a door for right. women I believe in you know and he talks about the classic damsel damsel in distress being his kryptonite (laughs) true it's like and his friends all tease him for it they're like was there a woman in distress oh well no wonder you're so screwed up (laughs) yeah you know so it's i i i don't mind the way that he does it just because he owns it so to me with murphy um even in the first book i knew i'm like okay that's the one he likes that's the one he wants more than anything in the world like that's his one true love, essentially, mm-hmm. and I picked that up in the first book, which we find out later throughout the books, much later because it, nah, it don't goes. Spoil, don't spoil. And, and <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fight. He goes through a lot of other stuff, but it, it I've picked up on that, and and maybe that's why. Now the Susan thing for me, um, and this this comes from listening to it again just recently, and kind of trying to listen to that to see specifically. I thought he was trying to play up the fact that she was almost using her sexuality to kind of 
coerce him. Co- coerce him? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She oh, throws definitely. it out there and yeah. uses it to get what yeah. she wants. So, but it's yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, and like I said, I'm just trying to find out what people think because, like I said, I've read all these other things of these people complaining and, and uh, listened to other things where people are like, oh, it's this and this. And then I was like, I was trying to see, I'm like, is it really that bad? Or are people reading into it more? Or people putting their own spin on it? Because then the other thing made me think is like, okay, well, Jim Butcher is, is a male writing from a male perspective. Mm-hmm right mm-hmm. is it any different than a woman writer writing these uh fabio covered books i've never read them so i don't know what's in them but i've heard they and i've fabio. seen the... i didn't want to cry. i didn't even want to I, I meant fabio as in just you know the look yeah, you know, know. it's Harlequin, like harlequin romance i think that's called right you look you look at the cover and you go okay what's this story about guy's got his shirt off Oh, look, another one. Guy's got a shirt off. I think in all this series is about people don't know how to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, But see, that's why I don't read those books. <laughs> exactly. Because you see on the cover exactly what it's about. Right. And, and that's, that's not, not, you, like you know, and actually that's not true because I read a couple of them thinking, <laughs> oh, good, this will be a short sex book. And I can just, I could just, you know, yeah. it's a, a quick weekend read thrill. And those books hardly ever have a sex scene in them. <laughs> but see, so, that's, what, that's what I was curious. Yeah, so it was it's like... like it's a, a tame, a tame about, short read. About that with the, with these books in particular, didn't you say that they they're? Oh, it is interesting because in, there's there's rarely a sex scene in one of these books, and yet somehow he maintains a sexual tension mm-hmm. through a lot of the books. Very you like and that? And I thought I thought yeah. that's really interesting. I mean, that's good writing mm-hmm. to be able to maintain that that tension. Yeah, without I was going to say this it. actually this is one of the few books that has a. a a, a described sex scene, but it was you know at the end and when they're trying to get the magic through the, the yeah. sex, and it's not a fun one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, or you know the death scene essentially where they had their hearts ripped out. Um, so yeah, he doesn't have a lot. Uh, and I like that too. I hate it yeah. when that's what the book is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This is this is so far from that. I believe. Um, and maybe that's where you know being this the only book I've read that is a, a way of kind of using sexuality to kind of. Well, reduce the you know the value of of. I liked your thought. I liked your idea and your your statement about it being the first book in the early writing because um, mm-hmm. people do talk about him growing in his writing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And he he uses it as a very physical description, right? You know, and he he describes it as as you would see it, like especially when he's talking about Bianca and how she's very, you know, but her looks I and mean, he even says right in there, you know, part of her her. Her problem was is when he saw her, uh, what her mask was, mm-hmm. and realized what she was. That was what she was all about. So he was describing it as she would want him to see it. Well, I think he he described a lot the women's sexuality as how they were using it as yes. a tool, and he took away her tool. Yeah, and that's, that's well. Also, her. he's a he's a guy who doesn't have a girlfriend. Not dating a lot, not get you know he's the he's the typical nerd guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's not. He, yeah. he he gets a date every four or five years if he's lucky, kind of thing is is what you get from it. So yeah, every time he sees a, a beautiful woman or someone that's giving him the the business, you know the the attention, it goes right to that. So that's how kind of how I thought about it. But um, you know, I, I I wanted someone else's take on it just because. That it's something I've read a lot, and I, I don't fully understand everybody's idea on it because you know I'm I'm me and my <laughs> my ways are what I think about, and so I wrote down my favorite quote from the book. Okay, it's from that scene that I was talking about where he's she's taking the love potion and they're trapped right, right. in the circle <laughs> and they can't break the circle. 
And she's grabbing him and she says, your mouth says no, but this says yes. <laughs> and he says, oh, that thing, it's always saying something stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just always cracking wise and, yeah. and it's it's always something that's <laughs> totally relatable. Can I just and, point out this piece of paper that Cindy's um, reading her notes from? Yeah. This is, this, it, was, it was hilarious. This was a little while ago and Ivan, we, oh, were, we, were, in the back, we were in the backyard <laughs> talking. He brought talking, it to you? No, well, she, he jumps up and grabs her 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 homework <laughs> and starts starts making a game out of it. We're trying to get it back, and, and all we're thinking, of, oh, all I'm thinking of is 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 you're gonna you're gonna go to the you're gonna do the podcast. You're gonna say my my dog ate my, my homework. Ate my homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It took us a little while to get it out. Unfortunately, I think everything's intact. That's funny. Your your quote made me think uh, immediately of the the Wonder Woman movie. And um, there's the scene where um, he's in the the pool, like clean, you know, cl- cleaning off or whatever. And, and she walks in, and he, she's talking about his watch, but it's just everything is in the innuendo. <laughs> you do whatever that little thing tells you. Uh, yeah, mostly. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's so. It was it was such a perfect scene for that, and and they did it so well, and it was it was well done, and it was kind of like that. It mm-hmm. was like everybody knows what they're talking about, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's funny, you know. So, yeah, I, I love I love the the subtle humor in it with Dresden too, because he is a he is a wise ass, mm-hmm. um, especially when you get later into the books when he gets. Uh, he gets some more side characters that are around him a lot more, and and they really interact a lot more. Um, this one, he doesn't have a lot of the bounce off that he gets uh, right. later on. Yeah. Um, really, it, it, it happens, like I said, the f- fifth book. The third book, they introduce the guys and the people that you're going to see a lot more. Fourth book, it's it's a kind of different adventure. Yeah, the fourth book was kind of... It was so weird. Off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a straight light, straight line over here, and then we're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's a definitely a um, it, it it play it it has a it has a reason to be there. It introduces um, fairy essentially. Yeah, yeah. and the queens, uh, the queens, and and all that. But then, yeah, when you get to the fifth and sixth book, and then it just oh man, it just gets so good. <laughs> um, all right, so where are we at now? Um, <laughs> We talked about that. Uh, so one of the things is, uh, what do you think the author's purpose in writing this book, um, and what ideas was he trying to get across? Now we talked earlier about this being an a assignment in college, but I mean, besides that, is there anything that you think that he was was he trying to make any message? You know, like they're always talking about, oh, I threw out this you know, social justice warrior moment, or or they were trying to you know create world peace with a book kind of thing, or or was he just writing a book because he wanted to, he likes magic and wanted to be a detective or, Could, or maybe you know, he's short and wanted to be tall well, <laughs> well yeah usually a, a writer especially with a series that that has a, a leading character that that you might say is someone he he wants to be he wants yeah. to be someone like this and so maybe he was writing and trying to create a character in a father figure style you know maybe there's something more uh, freudian about you know, where this all came from but. he's he must be short that's what it really comes down to <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things I have a problem with. Is I, I don't know why he had to write him as six nine, like six six to me would have been a like yeah, that's really tall and. It, Where's the book? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Sorry, uh, you guys keep going. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I just always had a problem with him doing the height that he did. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was just a little over the top. Maybe they'll cast Tom Cruise in the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Well, what was the movie that Tom Cruise was in? Where, where Which was, one? 
that, no, that no, he had to stand on a box? No, the, the uh, Reacher, Jack Reacher. Oh, right, right. Uh, and, and there was such an outcry because... he's supposed to be a taller guy? Jack Reacher's supposed to be a six, you know, six foot, I don't know, whatever. But well, I, that's uh, it's funny they talk about that because um, <laughs> there's a, a Facebook group that all... Their, their whole purpose is to talk about casting a, a Dresden movie or a show. And they're like, who are we going to get to the Dresden? And they're always worried about getting someone super tall. And it's like... Who cares if he's only six four or six six? That's really That's what he should have been. Yeah, right. He still towers over most people, right? We know someone actually that's I think he's six ten. <laughs> right? And and yeah, it's tall, but it's it's almost freakishly tall. It's like and I don't see Dresden as being freakishly tall. Yeah. I think he was normal tall. Well, normally when you watch a movie, you never get a sense of their height until you see them in person. Like you meet the actor. Well, it's like, okay. oh my God, they're short. <laughs> Are we talking about Tom Cruise again? Talking on Apple, just yeah. on, standing on Apple boxes or something well, like that. When, so that's the biggest thing with Murphy is supposed to be like 5'2". Mm-hmm. And Dresden is supposed to be 6'9". And it's like, okay, that's that's a little, you know. Darrell and Des Moines. Yeah, it's, no, that, oh, yeah. You guys don't get yeah. that. That was yeah. <laughs> Those are some roommates that... Or not roommates, uh, neighbors. Um, neighbors. Uh, when we first met, but I always, I always thought that was really a little, <laughs> you know, I understand the height difference, and yeah, that that adds its own little thing. But I always thought it was just odd that he made him six. Too extreme. Yeah. Well, and it's even debatable because in in one of the first earlier books, he talks about he's like, oh, he's average height, and I'm like a head taller than him. So I'm like, okay, so that makes him about six five, six six. And then one of the later ones down the line, he actually says outright, oh, I'm 6'9". I'm like, come on, man. Get your shit together. Yeah. Write your notes. Follow the script. But anyways. Uh, so I was just going to say, um, if, I don't know if he's like trying to make a point about doing the right thing like you guys okay. mentioned earlier, but I noticed that it seems to be a common theme anyway that in order for him to do the right thing he oftentimes has to like tarnish himself in some way or make some compromise he doesn't want to make and maybe that's a point that he's making is that in order to to do the right thing you have to get your hands dirty most of the time nice yeah like you have to make the tough call sometime and and sometimes you have to um go against your better judgment right yeah no i um i actually like that a lot that 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 seems to fit really well with especially later books um you know that he does he has to make a a tough call or he has to like you said tarnish himself or or give up some of his own um beliefs to get to get to where he needs to be yeah i like that a lot that's a good one you ready cindy um no, I got okay. lost in trying to find the book because I I remember reading on the back of the book, or at least I remember looking at the picture of the author, and I thought he kind of matched the description of Harry Dresden. Uh, only in the aspect that he has dark frizzy hair that's right. a little wild. Other than that, he's kind of more of a shorter, chubbier guy. I imagine him in his mom's basement writing these books. <laughs> when I saw the picture, that was the first thing I thought of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, or like your your pirates and bubbles. Bubbles and bass. Yeah. Bubbles and I don't see him as a full... Like, maybe... So what I understand is that he uh, wrote this um, character based off of someone he went to school with mm. who was a really tall guy. And stuff like that. So um, I don't think he based him looks off of himself, but someone he knew. Okay. And so um, other than the hair, uh, you know, he's always described as kind of having that dark, longish, medium long hair, Mm -hmm. which, yeah. um, 
which I always think is funny. Like you, you see the book covers, and then you're like, "Well, that doesn't look what I think he looks like." <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. Or when you, they do make a movie, right, and and they cast someone, you're like, "Oh, that's not who I pictured," right. which is totally opposite for me for Harry Potter because because I saw the movie first, that's who I pictured through the yeah. rest of the book. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I would have pictured that 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 same way. Um, so I know in the Harry Potter books they always describe Ron Weasley as being a taller, thinner. Mm-hmm. ginger and i was like oh he's kind of a short chubby guy <laughs> <laughs> but okay yeah uh, but no i i yeah so which is all it's interesting too is like i've, I've gone to try and figure out who i would cast mm. in different in things and you know i was like oh i i haven't found anybody perfect for anything yet so yeah i'd much rather just use my imagination yeah, yeah. well that's yeah. true too and yeah i I have heard that there is a potential for another TV series or not TV series, but show series um, or movie um, through HBO, possibly, <laughs> which means that it'll probably get a better script, a better budget and things like that than, than the TV one. So uh, casting has always got to be crazy for especially from books, because because everybody has their own. Right. Oh, I'm you're not going to please everybody. No. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, no. and, and, and plus you have to find somebody who matches the description and can act. Yeah. <laughs> right, true. Yeah, and sometimes the description is not. I mean, I'll read some of these things. It's like, no, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't like that hat. I don't. No, I don't want to wear. That's why that. I change so, it. So you don't. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you change it in your head. So that's and then and then you and then you get mad when they cast it. You know, and they put that hat on them. That's what? another fun fact. <laughs> So most of the covers have him wearing a hat, uh-huh. and he mm-hmm. never, never wears a hat. Yeah, ever has a hat on, and it's actually a running joke. So now, when he when Butcher talks to the artist about doing the covers and stuff like that, he almost he it's like he's telling him, yeah, he's got to have a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just playing. Yeah, playing. It it's, it's almost it's playing almost the it's almost got to the point now. It's like okay, he doesn't wear a hat, but we're gonna put a hat on him. <laughs> He never wears a hat. The biggest thing is he has his, his duster, which I thought yep. was, that yeah. was I always loved that. I like well, the I progression. That, of I see the that duster. duster, and it reminds me of kind of that that click in the high trick, school trench the, coat yeah, mafia. Tr- yeah, it's like well, no, I didn't want to go there. Right? <laughs> no, it's like Breakfast Club. The guy at the end, he's walking in his yeah. in his duster. It's 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 those big collars uh-huh. that go along mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm. It just looks like really. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> oh, see, I, I would like want I want one so bad. Oh my god. I like in the story the progression of the duster though because yeah. there's yeah. It's, there's a whole evolution. Well, you got to have the, the right duster. duster though too. I don't want one <laughs> of the the canvas like fabric ones that you know is like just well, a trench he coat. talks about that too. Yeah, no, I want one of the leather ones that it's actually Australia they wear them a lot in the mm-hmm. outback, and it's very typical for uh, horseback riders. And the reason they wear the dusters is because it opens in the back so they can sit on the horse, and they actually strap to their legs so they keep their legs covered as they're riding. So if you had one, when would you wear it here? Uh, all the time. <laughs> Anytime I'm out fighting back. You were just describing why you liked it so much because it had a purpose. So here it would just be about. No, I, uh, oh, for me, the purpose is because I think it would be cool. Okay. No, I've al- I've always wanted. I actually have a leather a leather duster, but it's not the kind I want, so I don't wear it. It's it's not right. Um, but no, I, I always thought it was a cool thing. I, I mean, there's a lot. There's so many little things. Like I said, I love Mister in there. I would love to have a, a 30 pound cat that tries to take your legs out every time you come home. I, main yeah, no, I think that's yeah. one of the coolest. And I mean, I mean, we said it already. Mouse. Um, we haven't talked about him, but Mouse is another one. It's like, oh my god, that's such a perfect 
add to the story. That's yeah. not in this yeah. book. No, no. it's okay, not till no. sixth book. Okay, well then stop. I'm just <laughs> saying it's one of those things that I'm trying to put the seeds out there. Like, okay. oh, if you get to sixth book, it's okay. it's oh. well, it's true because because if I were to have read this book not knowing some of what's to come, I probably wouldn't continue. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, okay. So that was one of my next questions. Is based on this book. Would you read more from this series or from this author? Why or why not? Well, the reasons I would are because of some of the some of the backstory. It's intriguing. It's well thought out. It really, I think that's where he really has a lot of a lot a lot of mystery in in that backstory, and uh, which which I think is really effective. But you know, I the the story itself, I, I didn't like all the themes. I wasn't. I, I was a little intrigued by. Yes, absolutely. By by Bob and Mister and and, and Tutu. Toot toot. You're all and, about the fairies. Uh, yeah, I'm all about the fairies. You know me. Um, um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a I'm not as big of, of a reader as as Cindy is, or it sounds like. Any, I, You're probably as big as me. I don't read a lot. I, I listen a lot. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't listen. I, I I read, but but I have I found through this shelter in place. I thought I would have thought I'd been reading a lot more, and I'm actually I have a harder time reading because I think there's a lot more stress going on, and I have to kind of relax in my mind, and and right. it's it's tougher to read. So I have not been uh, reading very well. See, this is a perfect so. time to pick up the second and third book. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's hard. It's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, no, because you're used to at work. You're used to moving around all day long, and now you're just stuck in your office all day. Well, and so when you're I'm juggling when different you have things, your, it's, it's when a you have your downtime, you need to be moving. Is, well, is that's what why I've I been saying. turning more to projects around right, the house exactly. and stuff. And that's why audiobooks work because you can move and listen. I know. Uh, but <laughs> no, true. I went yeah. through a lot of books during the shelter in place, and now that I've gotten a new job during shelter in place which is kind of weird <laughs> i don't have as much reading time but i do have train time and mm. train time is perfect for like the fun books it's kind of hard to do the heavier books but, but the these, fun the, books we, i can do on the train these, pretty these easily are, these, these are, sound more like fun books though right definitely. yeah that's not mm-hmm. all so. over twist or yeah. i actually no. think they get although i did read brothers karmazov on the train oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> there's so many distractions it made it a little bit difficult oh that scene in the so ba- based on this story, would you would you have read this book if I hadn't given you all three and said, "Hey, you have to read all four of these or three of these"? I probably would have given it one more chance mm-hmm. um, because there were things that I liked about it. Like you were talking about earlier, where you, the electricity doesn't work around him and all of that, and it's like, well, that's a nice logical, easy explanation for all the candles and the like, right. overly dramatic stuff that you usually <laughs> see along with magic and fantasy and all of that like okay it's not just for effect right so i thought that that was cool i thought it was cool that he's talking about people who have maybe seen something but can't rationalize it so they put oh, it right. out of their minds and the whole uh yeah um, yeah I what the police division is um special oh. special S- investigations S- yeah, special yeah. Investigations. yeah yeah so i mean that, that all of those little th- bits and pieces made it more interesting to me because nice. it wasn't it wasn't just like everything trying to grab you and go over the top. Right. So I probably would have given it another chance, but it did feel a little amateurish. Mm. And but we've talked about that like he was yeah. probably just getting his feet wet. This is a college project and right. he did get better as yes. he went. Written so. out of defiance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. That's probably why I connected with it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw your teacher. <laughs> yep, yep. 
<laughs> um, but I, I, you actually recommended another series to me that he had written, and I got like halfway oh. through the book, and I never. Oh, is that the um, the one where they're in the air? I honestly don't remember. It was more than a decade ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Because I, I didn't, I tried to read the fantasy version of the books he wrote and I couldn't get into them either. Mm. Um, and then he wrote a new one about, they're called Aeronauts and it's kind of like a, a steampunk type. Um, and, but this one was just in the last couple of years. Okay, and uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that one too. Um, that sounds interesting. I didn't yeah. realize he had a steampunk one. I'll have to look at yeah. it. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I have that one too. If you, I think I have the card copy, um, so if uh-huh. you want to buy that. But yeah, I, I, this to me, uh, I don't even remember how I got to reading this book and why I got so far deep into it, but I did, and I kept. I remember. And, and, and they were on sale at, <laughs> at Borders. Um, they were on sale at Borders. And they were like, <laughs> it was only ten bucks. I had to buy it. That, uh, <laughs> I remember being like, Borders really? Being oh my god! Place. Oh, I, yeah, I, I used place. to go to Borders. Yeah. That was my, that was my like safety net, like peace time, like, mm-hmm. and I would go in there and. They they suckered me in because they would send me this forty percent off yep. coupon. <laughs> exactly, you I'm used like, to call me. I got another forty yeah. percent off. Like, I'm going to part once a week. I literally would get this. I was like, well, I got to spend this, <laughs> and I would literally mm-hmm. buy. Yep. And and uh, yeah, I miss Border so much. Um, mm. That's how I am with Copperfields. I didn't oh. get into some of the other. I I don't know what it was and about Borders Treehorn. Oh, in Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. the used bookstore. Oh, is that the one that's, that's in the little like, house? Chopped. Yeah. Well, it's right. No, it's on Fourth Street. Street. It's on Fourth Street. Street. Yeah, Yeah, it's like crammed right next to like, um, what is that pub that lets the dogs go inside? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know. We just got a dog, so that's all new. (laughs) Well, there you go. There's a place on Fourth Street. It's across the street from Positively Fourth. Okay, I've never been there. But it's like crammed. Like you could get lost in there oh. and probably stay the night because they'd never yeah. find you. Nice. It's amazing. I <laughs> yeah. actually took I a, a, there was a girl. I do, I do photo shoots for um, senior senior portraits. Sometimes there was a girl who loved to read, and I took her into Treehorn Books, and we found some little corners and took took pictures of her with the and you all the books totally as a background. Do that with no one finding you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I got to go check that out. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's amazing. Well, there's also that other one that's in Rincon Valley that. Is built into a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the one with, with all the cats. cats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I love that too. I'm like, oh my god, I get books and a cat. Yeah, like they don't. Yes. They'll buy bags. Yeah, buy bags. They won't. Not hard. Paperless. To what? Paperback. <laughs> Paperbacks. Paperback. Unlimited. Paperback unlimited. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought they did buy a hardback. I don't know. Yeah, I took a bag in there and. And then by the time I went to use it again, my, my receipt had like, you know, when you leave it in your wallet and the heat. Yes. Like, oh, no. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I, I don't yeah. mind. But yeah, I love that place. Like, seriously, you can find all kinds of cool books and they have cats. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't get much better than that. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Now all they need cats. is tea and you're good to go. Yeah. Had a, right. I would be good. 30-pound cat, I'd be on. I'm like, can I work here, please? <laughs> Do you know enough about books? No, but can I work here? <laughs> I work hard. Um, I bring kibble. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we got through uh, that. Um, what were the feelings in this? Uh, did this book invoke in you, if anything? Was there any? I mean, it's kind of hard because there's some later books that really touch some nerves and, and touch mm-hmm. them like, oh my god, that's like. There's a couple. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna lie. I teared up a little. I'm like, oh, that's rough. But this one, I don't think is is much. You quiet over there, peanut gallery. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, was there anything in this that, that like 
like got you thinking more uh, outside of the book or something like that? No, for me, this is just pure fun. Yeah. So it was, and that's it perfectly was fine. Yeah. It, it, but one thing I, I like about these and about Harry Potter, I think, um, and I've read a couple other fantasy and it wasn't quite the same, but it's almost like it's just almost a tangible world. Mm. Like almost like it could like you could almost see it being real. If you could just stretch your your mind a little bit further and be willing to accept just a little bit more. This could maybe really be real, but yeah, I agree. It's right. just like it's just borderline enough. It's not so far over the line that you're like. I think okay, he did that is... on purpose. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things yeah. he really tries to to do is is say and show that yeah this this really could be essentially you know. It's it's hidden, but it's it's there if you open yeah. your eyes, mm-hmm. and I like that. And and that's actually a lot of the urban fantasies I've read, like that Mercy Thompson one. Mm-hmm. That's another one that's it's a little more out in the open, but it's also like you have to kind of be willing to accept it to to see it. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Yeah, I always get touched by books that that are even are thrown at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Well, it's like it's like Stephen King. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to that. Is is he creates these supernatural worlds that are crazy? All these weird things happening. But he will create a character, these characters, and he, and he portrays them in such a realistic way that that you get moved by their the description of, of what they're thinking, what they're going through, mm-hmm. the, the the insanity they're having to deal with, and the humanized quality that or humanized. Um, uh, point of view that they offer and and i think that that i i got a little bit of a sense of that here that 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 the character in in harry dresden um is going to have some depth it's not going to be just a a caricature it's going to be someone who who i i can connect with a little bit because of of the depth of, of description it wasn't it wasn't it, it seems like it's got a little ways to go, and I think it'll, it'll. But but it was like that scene you talked about with Bob, and you know the, sh- you know where he had to take a shower, and he had he had two dates happening at the same time, and 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 I thought, oh my God, here's another Three's Company episode of you know, where where the insanity ensues, and it's all about about trying to cover your your you know, and and it's all about oh no, you know, trying to pretend about nothing's wrong. But but he didn't approach it that way. It was like it was like no no I screwed up you know yeah, uh, you know he owned it he owned yeah. it and and that's refreshing and it it, it, it connects a little bit more with with a a, a reality that seems seems yeah. better. Well, in 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 knowing what's coming in the rest of the books, um, I think it gets better in that aspect. He mm-hmm. it, it gets more to the real aspect. He he creates more. Uh, Reasonable and and stronger ties. Reasonable. That's a good word. Yeah. Um, uh, he he has more almost real life moments. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like I said, some of them are, can can get really sad, and 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 some can get you mad. Um, some are just like holy shit. Like, how'd you draw the short straw to get that kind of thing? Like, mm-hmm. he does have some good things that happen. Is but it, it it's one of those things where it's it's it just constantly like oh fuck. Really, you got to go through that now. Oh man! But they 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 uh, they bring in some great characters. Um, uh, it's one of those things. That I think in the later books, there's at least 
probably seven strong side characters that could each probably almost have their own book written mm-hmm. about them. Um, and, Billy. And, I would love a book about Right, Billy. right. The alphas, um, mm-hmm. which are introduced in the second book, uh, Full Moon. Uh, and yeah. Michael. Michael. Michael himself. Favorite. Yeah, Michael is awesome, which is his... He's a... He's a Someone described him if if he was a D and D character he'd be a paladin, right? He's just a, he's a, he's a, a, a knight of the means. church, okay? Right? Um, just just all about churchly goodness kind of thing, but but with a sword and, and just whoop ass. He's he's the he's the strong arm of the church. He's the one okay. that comes in and whoops ass. Um, you got Molly, who's who's his daughter, who. Uh, is a whole nother bag of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you That's who we named the cat after. Right. Molly. Oh, we've had chickens <laughs> named after several characters in this. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, we've had a Murphy. We've had a Molly. Um, I don't think, uh, I, I wanted to Leanne, but. Have you had a Bubbles? A Bubbles? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no but, Butters. Sorry, Butters. 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 Butters is another character. Oh my God, Butters gets so good. Yeah. You would love Butters yeah. now. You would love Butters. He, he'd be right yeah. in your, he'd be right up your alley. Um, that's that's pointed at Steve. Okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, you you would be a Butters fan. I don't know sure. why, but I'm looking oh, forward to. Yeah, why why wouldn't you like butter? I like butter on everything. <laughs> oh, Butters. Uh, never mind. Um, so anyways, yeah, there's just some great characters. Thomas. Thomas is another one that's just fabulous. Yeah. So um, yeah. And Justine Thomas. Justine. Well, yeah, they can hand in hand. So there we go. Um, we're gonna probably wrap up with that. I think uh, we covered quite a bit without too many spoilers too many like you could still read the story and like god i have no idea what they were talking oh now i know what they're talking about okay um which i think is good hopefully someone can uh listen to this and and actually go you know what that book sounds cool i'm gonna give it a shot and then continue on and then get sucked into the story and continue on that's a good you know i i hear a lot of that this is not the best book to base the series on but it sounds like it's really worth continuing yeah the sad part is is you really almost have to get to book five to get into like the Oh my God, that's the greatest series ever. I disagree. Me. I loved it from book one. I, I well, I that's so book two to me is one of the best. Yeah, but I, I like book two as well. In general, most people don't care for book two because it's very similar to book one in the writing style. But well, I think book one and book two are kind of dark. They are dark. They're, they're shorter, dark and it gets it gets more complicated yeah. and lighter. But yeah. But well, I, the, I still enjoyed them. I, I liked book two. Um, it's full moon. Um, kind of gives it away. It's about mm-hmm. werewolves. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love werewolves. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know, I um, to me it was one of the best because of the characters. I mean, they introduced some great characters that follow on throughout the rest of the story. The Murphy-Dresden uh, relationship is is tighter and, and more interesting in this depth. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't get to the point where it's going to, going to, but it is definitely there. And then um, you get a little bit more of the world too. Like this one, you get the vampires, but you don't get a ton of other stuff. This one adds in more and you start mm-hmm. seeing more. That, okay. It's just not a few things. It's, it's all out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's more intricacies too, because it's not just werewolves. There's four different kinds of werewolves. Or <laughs> yeah. was it five? Four, four or five different kinds of werewolves. He talks about four. There's they, more than that, though. They, right, but yeah. he explains them, and you're exposed to them in different ways, yeah. and it's yeah. through the whole book. I mean, it, it was really fascinating. Bob has a, a bigger role in this one, too. So, um, yeah, so yeah. hopefully people will like this. Uh, read this one, um, Stormfront by Jim Butcher, and then go into. 
read Full Moon and then carry on into Grave Peril, which is I think is the one that hooks people. Um, the third one is is a really good one, um, which really introduces you to the craziness of the world, and you you get some of the better characters introduced in that one too. So yeah, if you if you got time to read three books, these are three books to read. So yeah, my cat and dog are about to lose it. <laughs> Cats and dogs playing together, <laughs> right? It's like rain and toads. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Don't cross the streams. Okay. All right. So uh, with that, you guys have any closing words uh, about the book, about anything else? HWSI.podbean.com. That's where you'll find us. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Steve with the come through. Awesome. Anything? No. It's a, it love the series. All right. Yeah. And like read. More. Read more. Rereading. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah, I. Uh, so it's I. Reread worthy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <sure>, yeah. <laughs> like I said. Oh, so I bought one set of books that I bought an extra set just to loan out, and that's this series. And not only does it like I've I've lost them because people haven't given back that I went and bought. Uh, I have a un- chunk of them still. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I mean. You. No. I I'm, know exactly where they are. They're not lost. But that, I've actually went and went. Okay, I got to get another set because I have to have a set to be able to loan out. Um, I think this is also one of the few sets I have both soft and hard covers. The whole series. <laughs> this is also the the, the audio and all the audio books. <laughs> well, the audio books doesn't the narrator have quite a oh following my God. as far as James Marcheson, Uh He's uh, Buffy or uh, he's uh, Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh. and he does such a fabulous job in this book. He's um, got a audiobook. great voice for it. Um, yeah. The first book's a little rough. It's like, I think he's just learning. But by by book three, he's got it nailed. And <laughs> he he's, on the, he's on the same. Uh, oh my yeah. god, he, the same. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he falls right along. But he um he he's really good. He he sets the tone for Harry, and he does such such a good like. If they could physically find a way to put his voice on a tall actor that had dark hair. That's what you want to cast because he has the voice of Harry. It's it's just perfect. I mean, is he not tall with dark hair? Because no, he's like five solid. seven, oh, five eight. Um, when he was on Buffy, he had short Spiky white hair. hair. So I mean, he normally has brown hair, I believe. But um, so no, he's one of the one of the better uh, narrators that I've I've heard books from. I mean, it's right up there with Jim Dale from. Um, the Harry Potter books, which if you've ever heard the audio for Harry Potter, it's, it's incredible. Um, the Lord of the Rings series, uh, I can't think of the guy named read that one. But that's another one where they, they get the individual characters, their own voice, and they keep that voice. And I don't know how the hell they do it. I mean, that's why they're professionals. Um, but they are able to do those voices over and over again and, and make them so you don't even... You know who's talking just by them speaking in that voice. And you're like, God damn, that's good. Yeah. So, so yeah, that would be my throw out there. Yeah, um, if you don't like to read and and you don't have time to read audiobooks, um, this is a great series for it. If you know me and you're here locally in Santa Rosa, let me know because I think I have the first nine that I could give you uh, of the audiobooks, and I have no problem passing that crack out. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. So with that, I think that's it. All right, well, let's yeah. say goodbye, everybody, or good night, or whatever. We're going to. Ready? <laughs> that was horrible. Good night, All right. Noah. <laughs> All right, good night, so, everyone. Good night. <laughs> that was bad.